welcome to this week's episode of the Carousel Project. Today we are talking about something really, really exciting. We are talking about the opening of Toy Story Land at the Walt Disney World Resort. The reason that this is so exciting for Kate and I is because this is something that actually yes. happened while we were alive. Um, while the other things we've talked about have been campaigns that have kind of have like a, a, a touch on our lives or have had some memory for us or, um, you know, the McDonald's episode was, was really, really cool for us. This one is amazing because this is oh, something yeah. that we totally, totally remember. We were 100% there for um, there for opening day and we are so, so Yes, and to not to mention that right Toy in. Story is such a big part of our lives, our childhood. So us only three years ago seeing this come to life yes. I'm sure I can speak for both of us when I say this was just an awesome monumental thing for us yes absolutely yes. and we're gonna dive into this when we get into the episode but I think there are so many things that they did that were so perfect mm-hmm. to um, create that nostalgia factor for people who are our age mine and Kate's age I'm currently wearing it. a vintage Toy Story uh, t-shirt um, but yes we both loved Toy Story we both talked about how we had Woody dolls as as kids and just so many good Toy Story memories so it was so much fun to see this land come to life and you know this marketing campaign and, and everything they did was huge they they I think won some awards for it they had some really creative ideas and everything I think for me was really yeah very Disney in this marketing campaign in the storytelling aspect so I'm really really excited to dive into our personal memories and stories and some of the really cool activations they did to to open this land yeah, so let's do it I think we should start at, at the beginning it was announced um at the 2015 d23 and Kate and I are always talking about I I can't wait yes. to go to d23 I've never I went been. to 2019 been to one before um but we were saying how so crazy yes. that seems like so so long ago and and, and know, i i really don't remember it being announced that far back that's what we talked about is that i feel like it was mm-hmm. much more prominent in my mind in 2017 because it was only about a year out from the from the new land opening but it makes sense now that i think about it because it would have had to take a lot of time to transform that area of disney's hollywood studios into now andy's backyard um and i know construction began April of 2016 which that seems wild to me I can't I can't even remember the park transforming that far back but that's when it started See, yes. I remember, yes. I guess 2017 for me too is when it became kind of front mm-hmm. of mind because that's when I moved to Walt Disney World and I remember them, you know, mm-hmm. I remember very vividly the construction and I remember yes. when they were flipping Toy Story Mania, which is so crazy. If anyone remembers, Toy Story Mania is actually in the same exact location, but the entrance has been flipped, which seems like it would be really easy, but they basically had to redo yes. the center of, of everything and, and flip the ride. Um, I wish I had some more details about that obviously I'm not an Imagineer but I remember it took a really long time and they did have Toy Story Mania open for the majority of that construction but it just took forever to get Mm -hmm. on because they and I I remember the old version of Toy Story Mania where it it was in the Pixar Place area and I always loved that area um because Mm -hmm. It felt like you were visiting Pixar Studios over in California, and I just loved it, and I loved Mm -hmm. all the details of the toys, you know, holding up the Scrabble board and all that kind of stuff, all the, and I'm glad a lot of that made its way 
over it to Toy Story here, Land yeah. when they flipped it. But I remember in my mind back then thinking, how are they going to do this? They're keeping it in the same building. I know this is the entrance to it. How are they going to flip it? And I think they did such a great job. Um, people don't even realize Oh, yeah. They yeah. did. I miss the old marquee, to be honest. It's wild. It's crazy that it is the same exact building. Um, it, it's really, really crazy. <laughs> that's that's absolutely nuts to me. But, yeah, I think they did a great job. And yeah. that must have been – that undertaking alone must have just been absolutely insane. Um, so, yeah, let's let's start getting into the opening and, and beyond construction. But just when they – so they opened the mm-hmm. land on June 30th, 2018. Um, but do you remember – they had like yeah they had i was researching and thing. it looks like they did media events on the 28th two days before and then they had the dedication day on the 29th with tim allen and all of that so mm-hmm. in my mind those both took place Last on the same day there, yeah. but i guess that's just because i was traveling to orlando on the 28th when the media days were taking place and then the next day i was in the mm-hmm. parks other parks and that was when the dedication happened so i guess that's why i thought it was the same day but it wasn't well i remember after oh my gosh so i I wanted to talk about this because i was in epcot and magic kingdom that day um and i was with people who had Mm -hmm. um ticket they were uh florida residents that had tickets that had restrictions based on like toy story land opening and so mm-hmm. we're in the park in yeah. magic kingdom and we're hearing oh they're letting people in to toy story land after this dedication and we were mm-hmm. like oh you know should we hop over there we probably can't even get in so that was crazy in my mind because i was like the yeah. opening's supposed to be tomorrow and they're letting people in yeah i remember people I remember people were kind of upset because, yeah. you know, a lot of people, especially for the opening of a land, the opening of yeah. a ride is big enough, but the opening of a whole land mm-hmm. to be there for that is huge for, for Disney fans. And I remember people were not very happy when they basically come on were like, in. okay, yeah. <laughs> we dedicated it, so come on in to anybody. Um, but yes, I remember Tim Allen was there. It was a pretty mm-hmm. cool event. They had, you know, of course, the characters out and Bob Chapek was there, Um but yeah, I very vividly remember them. Well, and also it kind of a like lot of people early. were waiting for like Florida residents who had blockout dates. They were waiting and waiting until almost midnight to see if they were still going to be cuz it wasn't showing them as blocked out the next day. So a lot the friends I was with, they were trying to decide do we want to stay the night mm-hmm. in Orlando and try to get in and it wasn't until midnight that it hit on their end that it showed that they were blocked out for Hollywood Studios, but it was it was a lot a lot going on from the 29th to the 30th um and then i remember leaving magic kingdom and in the emporium one of the cast members said the park's supposed to open at eight but they're actually going to open at six so we showed up at four because of what that cast member said and i think that's how we were Mm -hmm. able to get in because the lines were crazy that day Mm mm-hmm yeah absolutely yeah. crazy if you've ever been to an opening before you know it is it is such a great memory but it is yeah. absolutely crazy you really need to like mentally prepare yourself but of course that was the day that it opened but we're here to talk about here on the carousel project the magic that made that come to life that made that day so crazy so wild um I have so many things I remember especially as like a cast member um, and my roommate Mm -hmm. actually worked for Yellow Shoes at the time and she works for Yellow Shoes now so she kind of worked on some stuff helping to develop as an intern before the land open 
And then she she works at Yellow Shoes now. So she actually oh, was cool. able to remind me of some really, really cool campaigns that I totally would have forgotten about. So I'm really, really excited. I think for me, my personal bit of information that I okay. need to open yeah. with is the Baby Bell Partnership because that is so crazy to me. Like to me, that is such a random partnership like this tiny little cheese that it was I mean, I remember thinking when Toy Story Land was opening and I would go to buy a Baby Bell at the store, there were advertisements on the little Baby Bell tag. And still, that's a big partnership. Like they have at Woody's Lunchbox, Mm -hmm. like this one of the seats is made of a Baby Bell. Um, And when I did some research, I saw that the partnership to me was even more interesting because they had just hired a new chief marketing officer at Baby Bell. And his yeah. name is Francis Peren. I hope I'm not butchering that. But um, that was he a big had score just then. been hired. And in 2017, they sold 650 million baby wow. bell cheeses a year as of 2017. Um, so on October 28th, 2017, they announced the partnership of Baby Bell and Toy Story Land, which again, to me, seems like well, the craziest, most random I, I agree, but at the same um, time, I was thinking back to our McDisney episode, and it kind of tracks because Disney was looking for mm-hmm. healthy options in the parks, and I know that Baby Bell was going to have yes, a big presence yeah. in Toy Story Land, but it became the official cheese snack for Walt Disney World, Disneyland, and the Cruise Line. So... Yeah. Yeah. But it is random. Yeah. It makes sense. It is a healthy snack. It's super easy. It wasn't in any movies or anything. (laughs) I I mean, go Francis. And I think also, so uh, apparently the company that owns Bersan cheese, that's that spreadable. And they became a sponsor of Food and Wine Festival right around the same time. So, seriously. What a huge win for this marketing officer. And also, it put it in your face everywhere. Like, I really do feel like, and again, mm-hmm. I'm a Disney fan. I lived at the time in the Orlando area. But I felt like I saw Toy Story everywhere. Yeah. And it really was because it was at the grocery store. You know what I mean? Like, there were a lot of, like, it was right there at the grocery store. And I feel like that partnership also was great, you know, later on for Toy Story 4, just the partnerships for that and the snacks. And, you know, it yeah. really is because everybody has to go to the grocery store. So that's a great place for advertisements, especially on products that children are naturally eating. And with 60, 650 well, million and cheeses being sold it was year, a nice like look back at what used to be with sp- these sponsorships because a, a most sponsorship now, it's just a sign that says sponsored mm-hmm. by Nestle or whatever. But they were actually working it into the land where it's like, oh, I the kids going around are like, oh, I eat Baby Bell cheese and there's a Baby Bell cheese seat over here at Woody's Lunchbox. So I agree. I think it's really, yeah. really, really cool. And, and I, I agree. Really I think it was smart on that, I guess, on that new marketing person's part to say in this new land, we're going to make it a big statement for Baby Bell and have people thinking about that cheese snack while they're in the park. So I, it's awesome. Mm hmm. And again, they had food dishes at, at Food and Wine, and I believe they still do. We'll have to see what, you know, yeah. Food and Wine, of course, this year coming up 2021 is really different. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure most of our listeners, if you're big Disney fans, have heard it's going to be um, yes. the Food and Wine Festival is going to be starting much no. earlier this year, which to me is no surprise from my time working in Epcot mm-hmm. so closely with that, with the festivals team, with the people who run the festivals, who are two amazing gentlemen. I, I love them so much. I loved any chance I had to work with them. 
but I was able to learn so much about the festivals from from them and so much yeah. strategic planning that goes into the festival and just from everything I know from what I learned from them and everything that happened in this past year not surprised at all and I'm so excited so we'll see if Borsan is still one of the sponsors and if they still have some cheeses but I know that I remember it being in a couple of the dishes back yeah then. so they really were all over the Walt Disney World I know it kind of makes in, me want to so look more ways. into the um fromage montage thing that they do because they push the cheese dishes I'd like to look into it yeah oh, yes I think that is sponsored yeah. by Borsan I'm yeah. gonna right now as you're talking so you you tell me now you're favorite piece and I will google on my phone mm-hmm. if the because I believe you're right and I that's only been around for a few Montage years so I feel like that would track it came yeah. out it came out while I was working um because I was I was the on the team when we I know it so I know it's only been Montage. a well I was gonna say I know it's only been a meals for like the past few years but I feel like they had the fromage montage again before that but now they're trying to market it more towards ratatouille um because you know they have remy's ratatouille scavenger hunt thing i i think it just started in 2019 yeah because the you might be right new, i mean I that would wrong. still only Honestly, be a I'm year after toy story land opened so maybe they started with toy story land and then they said oh let's do mm-hmm. this fromage montage situation yeah and sponsoring you that know, may be it booth or yeah so I'm looking up. I'm not seeing on anything that it was specifically sponsored by. Um, Bor- okay, so, and I think it's pronounced Borson. I, I literally, no matter yeah, what platform it's on, I always pronounce something wrong. So I am trying my best. I think it's Borson. So the cheese studio hosted by Borson Cheese. And then there was another one. So the whole, the whole. Okay. Um, from but Montage their dishes maybe were in by it. Them, but they yeah. did have their booth and their booth. Hmm. Yes, one of their dishes was was in it. Um, that was oh, I love the montages. But anyway, we digress. We yeah, well, you know, I still think that's kind of funny land. because that's the whole point of sponsor sponsorship within any, in my opinion, within any of the Disney parks is trying to get as much synergy mm-hmm. as you can, especially with something like Walt Disney Resort with so many parks. Absolutely. So I'm glad you looked it up because I was I was curious when you started mm-hmm. putting that together. Um, yeah, I mean, I yeah. feel like the Baby Bell cheese cool. was like the main sponsorship that had to do with Toy Story Land. Um, I wanted to look more into like the Connects and some of the other toys that they ended up using because they were very specific oh, with yeah. what types of toys they used. No. But- no, there I isn't. I don't remember seeing any synergy there. Yeah. And maybe that's because, listen, yeah. I'm not a parent. I wasn't Me really either. shopping for toys. But I don't remember seeing, that's true. like, here's a special Connect set for Toy Story Land, yeah. which I feel like maybe was a missed opportunity. But I'm sure it had to do with, you know, I'm sure Disney wanted to use the oh, toys. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure Disney had to, yeah. I'm assuming, yeah. had to pay some money. Um would be my assumption. That's true. But Disney and Lego have a pretty good relationship. You know, there's a Lego store in Disney Springs. And um, so I wonder, I wa- I do wonder what that was like. Yeah, from, from we don't have too much. From the marketing side, I don't feel like we really saw much synergy with, with the toys. Yeah, all than, I, you know, all I gathered was toys. from walking around was that it's very obvious that they're using a certain brand of toy because that must be who they're working in partnership with for toys and other things versus using maybe other Mm -hmm. brands of similar building products you know um 
Yeah, I yeah. I loved that yeah. they they worked so many like hidden things into the land, um, specifically on like the map that Andy has of mm-hmm. um, Slinky Dog Dash. There's a um, hit. There's like a hidden Mickey in the area where, like, in the clouds where um, the Earful Tower used to be. Like, I love that they did things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean. I know that their main yeah. main campaign was obviously like the whole play big aspect. They had all of the media outlets, all the um, mm-hmm. main news outlets saying, come play big, you know, in Andy's backyard. Um, I remember that was the big hashtag. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I loved yeah. what I loved about all the campaigns as we talked through all mm-hmm. of them is that they all had this synergetic storytelling that, you know, we see at yeah. Disney, but to see it go as far as the marketing campaign of how Every campaign yes. was based around the idea of being shrunk down to the size of a toy, of a, yes, of a toy. Um, and so we don't see that even now That's with true. Um, Ratatouille opening. We don't see all the campaigns being about being shrunk down to the size of Remy. So this one was really, really unique, especially because it fits the storytelling of the whole land is that you are shrunk down to the size of a toy. And every single Being one a toy. of their campaigns went along with that, right? When we saw oh, the play yeah, the follow the ball follow campaign, the ball I almost forgot campaign, about that. That one played that one played during the Oscars yeah. and again, everything was big. The Slinky was big, the the um Pixar ball was big. And so that was really cool. Another thing I loved about the follow mm-hmm. the ball campaign, which of course was, you know, a whole part of the overarching play big, was that that ball was rolling through, if anybody remembers this commercial, yeah. rolling through different parts of America. And so it rolled through San Francisco, New York City, um, the Midwest. And yeah. I thought that was really cool because you kind you of felt like saw you were a part where of it. you were from or an area that you kind of feel this ownership over. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you felt like it was kind of passing by your town. Um, and I also really liked that campaign because here in Florida, I remember yes. when the Slinky Dog vehicles were being brought into the parks and you could see them on the highway. Like people would be driving down the highway and just on these big oh trucks would gosh. see like Slinky being brought into the parks. Um, and so it was really, that was just really, really cool to kind of see that in a way, put on TV in a way that was fun but that everyone could enjoy and and well and you have to think this was a big this was a big new venture for disney's hollywood studios as a whole they were switching the idea of the park from being a behind the scenes movie situation to now being about storytelling and being a part of the story and this was kind of the first area of that big reconstruction to open um with uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge following the next year. So I feel like those marketing campaigns were very, very important for them to kind of get people excited about coming back and seeing this whole new situation. Because I know for people like like me and you, who we grew up with the younger, um, the younger park where it was all about like, oh, we're behind the scenes on this set or we're doing this. And now it's the idea of instead of stepping into the behind the scenes of the movie, it's now that we're in the movie or we're in Andy's backyard, um, which I think mm-hmm. was a really cool new perspective. And looking back now, it honestly makes a lot more sense for the theme park, um, for people to be able to watch these films and say, oh my gosh, I'm going to get to go explore Andy's backyard and all this stuff versus, you know, behind the scenes of the Pixar studios walking through the archway to go ride, you know, Toy Story Midway Mania or whatever. 
And I, I think it's interesting. You said something yes. about the opening of Star Wars Galaxy's mm-hmm. Edge, which wouldn't be too long after the opening. But another thing that I, I mm-hmm. guess I just didn't connect the dots that it was this close together, but there was also only about a year in between the opening of Toy Story Land yeah. and the release of Toy Story 4. No. Which does not seem real to me. I have to be honest. It seems like there was so much. I guess because in my personal life, like I feel like again when you live here, some of these campaigns and moments kind of become a part of your life. Like I use things yeah. that happen at the Walt Disney World Resort That's fair. as a marker of the time periods of my life. And I very distinctly what was going on in my life when Toy Story Land opened. And then I very, very distinctly remember events that happened the day I went to see Toy Story 4. Yeah. And they seem so far apart from each other. Um, But that actually played into the campaigns much more than I thought it did. Um, So I thought it was really cool that you you brought that up and I'll definitely dive into that. But I wondered if you read anything or if you... Oh, yes. I remember watching a video about it. Um, Andy and I... Yes. I wish you guys could I'm see I'm sorry. I'm just yeah, you're like when we tr- <laughs> you're triggering my memory, but yes, yes that was such was an so awesome idea cool. that they had all these people named Andy come explore Andy's backyard and I remember specifically yes. um Kimmy Gibbler yes. from Full House and Fuller House was there and I was like yes. this is so yes. cool. Um yeah. Mhm. So it was 50 Andes who were able to come and enjoy Toy Story Land. And they were all imaginative Andes. So people who ran like YouTube accounts or there was a little girl. And they didn't really say what she did that she was imaginative. But anyway, yes, Andrea Barber, who's in Full and Fuller House, was there. And again, I feel like that was kind of a synergy in its own way, like to invite her. Because kids who love Toy Story and were alive in that time probably watch Full House and Fuller House. If we yes. go back oh, to Full yes. House, we know and we have to do an episode one day Sitcoms, on just yeah. Disney episodes in the of, 90s. of um Thank you, Mike. Sitcoms, thank you. Because Full House, we had yes. Boy Meets World, which is yes. my favorite of the of the sitcom crossovers. Um, but I thought it was really cool that they had her because there's that synergy there. But then there's also the connection yeah. of just being, you know, our age, someone who grew up on Toy Story. You probably watch Full House plus Fuller House. Pretty was new, still yeah. Pretty new. It had come out like a year and a half, two years before, but it was still pretty new. Netflix still had some push behind it, so I definitely, I mean, that was perfect. Yes. And her name is not just Andy. It's I, you know what I mean, like that's a nickname so it was really creative I think that they I thought know. of that but the video they made I loved like so that because and just I remember specifically on the day of opening one of the big pushes besides play big was like that this was Andy's backyard like it was they were they were uh, terms that could both mm-hmm. be used Toy Story Land and Andy's Backyard like those were the terms people were using so I loved seeing mm-hmm. that campaign and seeing how they really ran with the idea that you're really in Andy's Backyard and who would be better to enjoy it than people named Andy yeah it was it was really very cute I, I really really liked that so that was super fun to to dive into and you know I, I think they did a great job just with the campaigns were all so mm-hmm. colorful and fun and whimsical and again the synergy the synergy there I feel like just between you were gonna see something yeah. whether you were watching the Oscars and saw this um follow the ball campaign or whether you liked Full House, or I don't know. Not to mention so commercials, I'm sure, too. Just general like Disney they commercials. They probably had teasers the, for that, too. I wish I remembered. Well, 
Yeah, well, the one that I remember, again, mm-hmm. is the Follow the Ball that I guess premiered or ran during the Oscars. But then I remember that one, which was great. I mean, showing Slinky Dog is this huge, basically just like the roller coaster, hopping through. And then when he, when they got to Toy Story Land, in the end, the, you know, he went to yeah. Woody. Because Woody is, is right there at the front of um, Toy Story Land. And it was just really, really cute. And I don't know, this is also perfect perfect timing because they just announced this week that they're building I think a it's Tokyo right hotel in I think it's Tokyo no Tokyo. I think it's yes, Tokyo, Tokyo um and that was wrong. another thing that I just wanted to touch on was the fact that you know obviously this is our Toy Story Land but there were there there were three other versions of Toy Story Lands built before this at other parks around the world mm-hmm. and I thought we would just touch on yes. the fact that I think all of this all these Toy Story involvements and Pixar involvements had a lot to do with the fact that Disney had just purchased Pixar back in 2006. Um, and CEO Bob Iger, he yeah. was very big into trying to incorporate more Pixar and specifically Toy Story into the theme parks because when he went to the Hong Kong opening, he noticed that the characters that the people there were most excited yeah. for for the parades were the Pixar characters. And that's when he realized we need to get that relationship back with Pixar and they eventually ended up buying it so um yeah yeah and that's still a Disney goal today is is one of the goals I remember when I worked here Mm -hmm. that we talked about was putting more Disney into the parks which is somebody who loves theme parks you're kind of like yes I want more Disney in the parks because I love the movies and that's so fun for families but then at the same time I still kind of (sighs) miss you know the original storytelling that's invented for the parks we really don't see that anymore you know what I mean like Figment and and, and Jungle Cruise has been getting some updates especially these past couple of weeks which is great but we really don't see that that storytelling Something like Haunted Mansion or Journey into Imagination or Jungle Cruise or, you know, some of the most iconic experiences. No, it's, I don't feel like it's they can tough be done for, today. Yeah, it's tough for me not the as a big nostalgia in. person with growing up because I... I know all the attractions as what they were. Mm-hmm. They were just characters. But like you said, I think it'd be tough today to be able to create something new without a tie-in of an IP because I feel like that's all that the audience's mind goes to when they're they're going to be like, well, who's this character from? Like, what movie? They're not going to be able to realize, oh, it's based mm-hmm. on the theming of the land yeah. or, you know, just an, a different... And that's a good point because I've, yeah. I've been a stickler about that for years. I loved the original concepts versus the IP but I agree I think especially with the change over in Mm -hmm. um, Disney's Hollywood Studios in the past few years of making it more about being in the story creating your own adventure whatever okay I know which makes me so sad like I would love that we'll never see something in our time like a haunted mansion you know, I mean, of course, that's iconic because it's so old, but like Splash Mountain, like there are just so many things that I'm like, darn, I wish we could do that. But yeah, people, especially guests who are not huge Disney fans, you know, I think for us huge Disney fans, we want that original, that original storytelling and new and something completely new. But I think for the typical park guest, I think that was the issue. Like they would come to the park and be like, who the heck is Figment? Like where, where is he? Who, who is he? You know, why is he here? Um, yeah, that's true. 
That's true. Yeah, well, that mm-hmm. I think, I'm pretty sure the last attraction in Walt Disney World to have any sort of original theme would be Expedition Everest, which just turned 15. So that just goes to show that the direction has clearly changed. But uh, who knows, maybe they'll be able to work it back in. But yeah, for now, I think it makes a lot of sense. Me, if you would have asked me three years ago how I felt about all these IP lands and stuff um, and the complete change of Hollywood Studios as somebody who is a extreme MGM stan um i was very upset yeah, about I it i was very salty about but now um, that i'm Star Wars, seeing it i think the un- biggest you know the form hit for me it kind of makes a lot um, more sense to me ride. now and i'm one of those people like i've never thrown a fit over anything like as much as kate and i are into disney history we are yeah. not the kind of people who like throw fits and start petitions oh, and yeah. sign petition no that's not us but i will forever be sad about the great movie ride and i think what the nail in the coffin of my anger was that they're making no. another one in California now I don't know if that's still going to happen a lot of things have been put on the shelf because of um COVID and you know a lot of a lot of announcements such as you know the the what? update to Spaceship Earth we're probably not going to see that in you know for a long time um, yeah and so uh, that's what made me the most salty was like really you're going to make another one and you lost an yeah, opening I don't day iconic one of a kind amazing like attraction for this attraction that you're going to build like there's going to be another Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway yeah yeah there's going to be another one yeah nothing unique about it yeah no and I Mm -hmm. agree sadly it just came down to money and they said we can we can do something big with this space it's a huge building we have to replace all these animatronics anyway and yeah no I I I'm with you. I was upset about that one. I was upset about Ellen's energy ride, which I know a lot of people yeah. don't care about that one. But for me, <laughs> that was like on a big the, the educational attraction that my mom Ellen's always made us ride when we of energy school for and, Disney. Energy. So. <laughs> I didn't get to ever ride that attraction, so I never remember the proper nomenclature. I didn't get to come to Disney very much oh, as a kid. Oh, yeah. And when they were closing that ride, I went on a trip literally like two weeks before yeah. they announced they were closing that ride, and I didn't go on it because we didn't have the time. So I never got to go on it but they did some really cool stuff for the closing but anyway once again yeah back to toy story land <laughs> well you know toy story land i think is just one of those like it, it another episode. not only just yeah. the synergy of the campaigns but it really is <laughs> i know we just keep going land, back and like forth. you said for the for the um turnover of hollywood studios it really did represent that going into the experience and being in the movie which again we see now with toy story land with Mickey yes. Minnie's runaway railway with um galaxy's edge where it's more of you being in mm-hmm. the film rather than you viewing behind the scenes yeah Yes. Yeah. Which I feel like there was definitely a place for both. I I just think this direction makes a lot more sense for this version of Disney's Hollywood Studios. And so I think that was good. I will say one thing that the map nerd in me noticed when I was trying to research for this is that Disney has changed Mm -hmm. completely the angle of the map for Disney's Hollywood Studios now compared to as far back as 2016 because now the map has the entrance at the bottom and you work your way up but before the entrance was to the side Mm -hmm. and all of um so the entrance was on your right um on the map and then you'd make your way back towards like 
the backlot tour, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So if you if you're someone like me who likes to look at the two maps yeah. next to each other and see what very, area was so I think this, you know, like let me confirm. About the it was very weird to look we and when and try to land opened. Yeah. Was was before so. it opened. Now let's move into its opening. So at Walt Disney World, being a cast member at the time, I remember some yes. of the cast member gifts. So they had a lunchbox for opening day, and it was like a metal mm-hmm. Toy Story Land lunchbox. They of course at Disney's Hollywood Studio had some pop-ups for cast members to be able to take pictures. I'm sure there were characters there. I wasn't a cast member at Disney's Hollywood Studios at the time. And I don't think I worked the day it opened. I'd have to double check and like go back and really look. But I don't think I worked on that specific day. But I know if I did, it was not at Hollywood Studios because at the time I was only in Epcot. Um, And so they also gave out lanyards, I I believe, to their cast members. So Toy Story Land's like opening um, lanyards for for those Disney fans who don't know are really, really big for cast members. You can buy some, but it's what you keep your ID Mm -hmm. on. And basically everybody I know who was a cast member had one. And I, I still have a bunch of them just from my time um as a cast member especially once I started working backstage at Epcot I would you know wear wear one ever almost every single day um and so that was really cool and then they also had I think leading up to the opening which they're doing right now for cast members for the 50th yeah um and we've done it a few times so when I worked in Ep- at Epcot in cast communication we would use this a few times so my team worked on one mm-hmm. when we came out with all the different movies at Epcot when we redid um the Beauty and the Beast movie um what was it uh, the one that used to be kind of lion king themed that's inside of the land um oh my gosh mm-hmm. Yes, and which is so sad. I worked on that that I don't remember the exact nomenclature. Oh, my brain yeah, is mush. Uh, but basically, yeah, the Circle we, of Life you know, one. It's now it's Awesome I Planet. I really, really like it. They did a great job for that. We did for cast members like a paper ticket, but it's along the the same thought Kevin process. Loves it, and that's I why think I, know. I could totally, totally be wrong, but I think Toy Story Land might have been the first time they did it where they did like a postcard series for cast members. Um, and so again, the projects that I'm talking about right now were just for cast members. They weren't sold. I feel um, but like I know it for a been. fact that they did a postcard oh, series. Yeah. Maybe Pandora mm-hmm. was first. I could be wrong. They could have done maybe a postcard series. I'm sure they did some kind of print for yeah. cast members. But my um, someone who was on the team that I used to work on, he actually created the postcards, and they yeah. were beautiful. I still I have a set that I got you know later on just from working with him. He is one of the most talented graphic designers I think they have like on their internal comms teams and he designed that and it was great it was it was a really nice little postcard series but I thought it was interesting because they're doing a postcard series now for the 50th anniversary for cast members to collect this postcard series um and they did post that publicly that's not private knowledge um they posted that publicly on the Walt Disney World ambassadors um Instagram page so if you're not following that or the Walt Disney World cast and community page on Facebook those were two Two of the social media accounts that I was able to help work on when I worked at the company and I still think that they are great the people who work on those teams I have nothing but love for them they were they are so talented um and they put some really cool content on mm-hmm. those pages that are directed at cast members and at, at the public. So if you're a super huge Disney fan and love seeing what's going on for cast members, again, those are two great page, pages and places to follow. And if you are a Disney cast member and you don't follow those two pages, definitely do because you will definitely be able to learn more about just cast member benefits and things going on for cast members. Um, but they did post publicly that they're doing a postcard series for the 50th. And I thought that it was really cool because, again, the ones that they did for Toy Story Land to lead up 
up to get excitement moving for the land um, for their cast members was, was really fun and turned out really nice. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think last year, um, not cast member related, but last year for the um, D23 oh, so annual gift um, to celebrate 65 years together, of theme parks, they mean, had a knows? series it's of crazy the stories that they included in that of, gift. Exactly. So I yeah. wonder if that was somewhere um, in relation to having. I also yeah. remember Disney Movie Rewards. They may have seen some remember. success Honestly, with it Disney and decided rewards, to. Think, oh, yeah. No, I think Disney that's what that's what my mind went to. <laughs> because nobody really buys because Disney Plus, I think it couldn't it, it wasn't sustainable. Oh, yeah. Disney fans. Exactly. Like what Disney fan doesn't have Disney Plus? Mm. If you have Disney Plus, why are you going to be spending money on Disney movies? Yeah. But I was a yeah, huge fan of Disney itself, Movie yeah. Rewards. If anybody remembers that program or was a part of it. From being a part of that program, I got so many cool Absolutely. merchandise pieces and also was able to take a tour of the studios in California, a private store, a private tour um, before I was a cast member. Just I had saved like you had to save like 100,000 points, something crazy. So jealous. But they also did on there and they did this for a couple of years. They had a Toy Story Land pin that was a <laughs> Disney movie rewards exclusive and you could use your points to get one of these pins so they did that for the opening of new fantasy land they did it for the diamond celebration at disneyland they did it for oh. the opening of toy story land and basically it was a limited edition pin just like anywhere else and you'd kind of have to be on when they launched it and you could use your points to get one of these pins that was in a total exclusive for people who were a part of that club so that was really cool because again just pushing the the opening of Toy Story Land I felt like wherever even more wherever they could wow and I thought that was another really cool piece that they did kind of right as the land opened um that was really awesome even more I also saw trying to do research for the cast member stuff there. It looks like there was some sort of a opening day mug that they had that kind of looked like a slinky sitting like kind of um, not completely I've never flat seen like it was kind of to the side. So mm-hmm. it looked like it was made out of a the slinky mug been and on so the bottom cool. of the mug it said cast member exclusive. Well, so it might I remember seeing people's resort, lunch boxes on their stories. But I did think that was so maybe for another stores one maybe. where there are, are items that are cast member exclusive exclusive that you can mm-hmm. buy and I'm sure they had some a, a few pins there yeah. some lanyards there yeah. and, and possibly a mug there um, again at the time I was only working at Disney on the weekends um, and so I, I never got to go to the cast store it was like never open when I was at work so I never went I were I lived at the time about an hour away from Disney and would drive on the weekends to work um, but never went to the cast store so it's very possible that I just missed it but the reason that I don't think that was a cast gift was because again the team that I worked with just you know right before my last team at Disney um the people that I worked with had had worked a lot on Toy Story Land and at Disney yeah. it's a huge thing to decorate your desk and to have pieces of what you worked on and I well like that's why I was saying I think it was kind of like when they do pass holder exclusive purchases it was a cast member exclusive it's a cast member exclusive on the bottom so I took it as like yeah. they must have had it just for cast yeah. members to buy I want one that sounds but, really um, cute 
But as a guest, uh, the big merchandise items I remember that day were the alien popcorn buckets. Those now those are like a dime a dozen. But at the time, people were buying four. Yeah. Now they've put them in like. Yeah. And I have a Christmas. I'm not proud to say I have a Christmas one or two and I have the regular. But yeah, it was the regular alien popcorn bucket. And then um, the slinky headbands. Those were the other big thing. Everybody. I have the slinky headband. My stepdad came to visit not too long after. And I, I, I love that. I still think it's adorable. It's so kawaii. It's so cute. I love that. Um, I'm so glad popcorn buckets like I don't collect them anymore. But I remember the stress of when I collected them and cared. I never had an alien. I never had an alien. But there was when I just moved, I had to throw out so many popcorn buckets. I probably could have like sold them, but I just didn't even want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've got one, girl. <laughs> I have to have it. Yeah, it you know, they're so cute that when you see it, you're like, I could do so many things with this. I can put popcorn in it. I could try to use it as like a little per crossbody or something, whatever. But then, you know, you think about it and you're carrying yeah. it home in your bag and you're like, do I need this? So that's what happened to me. And you, when you get home is the worst part. You're oh, like, yeah. Where the heck? And they're all like crazy shapes. Mm-hmm. So there's never like anywhere good to put your popcorn. Bucket. Exactly. Like, there's just not in your house unless you have like a crazy shelf but yes I remember I the popcorn buckets were huge and so were I would say definitely the slinky ears and then um I actually found two really cool campaigns and activations that they did a year after the land opened oh. in celebration of Toy Story 4 oh. and there was another real there were actually three really cool things for Toy Story 4 so if you're ready if you're ready to move on to I'm the ready. Toy Story 4 side I'm ready um, so Toy Story 4, I believe, was the first time that we saw McDonald's toys again. Yeah. That was the first partnership we got back was for Toy Story 4, which was so exciting. If you listen to our McDonald's episode, McDonald's episode is probably always going to be my favorite. <laughs> I, I got to put it out there. Yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to have an episode I love as much as the McDonald's it's episode. True. Um, but, and I think I'm going to go make, get McDonald's for dinner now, just yeah. talking about this. Um, but yeah, I... That was the first time that we saw McDonald's toys again, which was a huge, huge deal. As again, if you listen to our, our McDonald's episode, you'll know. Mm-hmm. Um, they also did a Pixar Easter egg hunt with Google Earth. So oh. you could see moments from other Disney Pixar movies could that. be seen on Google Earth. And now my roommate Taylor and I just had a conversation about it because I Googled it and it said that this was for the Toy Story 4 premiere. But yeah. she had worked on stuff before the land opened and she thought that it was for the land opening. So just a little background. My roommate Taylor had worked at Yellow Shoes as an intern and had worked on some stuff for Toy Story Land back when it was like first announced. Yeah. Then she left and she worked at Edelman, which is a huge public relations agency, which is where we met. And now she works at Yellow Shoes again. So she kind of was there for the for the one year out and for the before, but not the during. Yeah. Um. So we were trying to, so when I looked it up and it was on the Disney Parks blog, they had these Pixar Easter egg moments um, being talked about for Toy Story 4. But that could have been an update. There there might have been some of these moments for the launch of the land as well. So if anybody's listening and remembers very specifically, like, oh my gosh, I saw that for the launch of the land. But basically, they had like a scene from Coco, like Disney cast members Mm -hmm. reenacting a scene from Coco in Toy Story Land. And if you you could find it on Google Earth. 
yeah that which was really cool like that's a very very unique idea as well yeah it's definitely a different more like a very creative way to get people online talking about pixar talking about the Mm -hmm. movie release yeah i remember it for the movie release um because i remember reading about it on disney parks blog Mm -hmm. and when i was doing my research today because i was trying to look up the easter eggs that they have around andy's backyard that Mm -hmm. article popped up you know so. what Easter egg I do love in Andy's backyard? I think my favorite is when you're just starting to like go on Slinky Dog Dash. Yeah. There's a little price sticker. Yes. I know. Exactly and what the about. price sticker looks so vintage. I'm pretty sure it's from Al's Toy Barn too. But it the numbers on the price tag are the day that the original Toy Story came out. And that's probably mm-hmm. my favorite Easter egg in Toy Story Land. I love that. Yeah. I, I love that one. I also love the... Um, Buster's collar. They use Buster's collar for the entrance to um, Slinky Dog Dash, and they end up t- saying last year on a Disney Parks blog video that we don't know when to- Andy's backyard takes place. But like, mm-hmm. I feel like Buster's tag is letting you know that it takes place between Toy Story two and Toy Story three at Andy's home that they moved to. Um, yeah, but then putting Forky in there kind of messes up the timeline so that's why they put that out been like what the heck about the timeline yeah I know a lot of people have been upset about the storytelling there but to be honest I love Forky I know I was just always pumped to see him there but I understand it does well like well if it's Andy Andy yeah wasn't with Forky at all well I will say that that like in the the canon of of Toy Story if we're talking about the Toy Story cinematic universe if you will yeah Andy and Forky never met yeah well and that's kind of what they said on the Disney Parks blog video I watched that apparently went out last year um, Mm -hmm. in 2020 they were talking about how um, you know even though Andy you know some of these characters we met at Bonnie's and you know all this stuff Mm -hmm. they're still a part of it so they said they don't focus too much on the timeline either which for me was a first which for me was a first because in these other lands that they used to create it used to be very big into what the time frame well, was it is very strange like with yeah. disney how mm-hmm. sometimes it's like we are gonna follow the storytelling until we die like it is the most important thing in the world and other times you're like but what about this and they're like no no no, don't worry about that they're like don't worry about that it's fine but i, I mean like i'm not saying that in like a hateful or bad no, way like, no again, no like i love forky and i was super pumped to see him there i think kids on vacation were oh, super yeah. excited to see him there he's sold great as like i mean that little plushie of Forky was off the shelves for so long like oh yeah I, I love Forky I yeah I'm not hating as a, as a marketing background professional I completely understand why they needed a Forky Absolutely. in there because they probably Absolutely. got asked a thousand times a day where's Forky where's Forky where's Forky mm-hmm. but as a Disney history slash storyline person um yeah I I had some questions initially so I'm glad they acknowledged it in that video yeah. that I saw that they're acknowledging the storylines don't really make sense, but that's okay because it's just mm-hmm. about being your own version of a toy in yeah. Toy Story Land. So, and I, I I agree with you. I think as a Disney as a Disney history buff, I'm like mm, the storytelling. But then as a marketing yeah. person, I'm like, yeah, of course, you I have get a it. brand new movie coming out. <laughs> yeah, of course you're going to want to put some of that there. And I and that actually, so Toy Story Four, I saw it as a um, kind of like a magical moment. They have something at Disney called Magic oh. Backstage, where if you work there, you can like put in for little magical moments. And I was very lucky to win a few while I worked there. I won one to go see the cars, the cars, um, three lightning McQueen's racing Academy. 
I got to see that before it opened. I got to see Toy Story 4, you know, for free. I got to bring a friend. They gave us snacks. It was really cool. Um, I was picked for Mulan, but as you know, that never reached theaters and I was let go from the company. I'm sure they never did anything for that. Um, And then also I got to do for the 50th anniversary of Haunted Mansion, I got to do a backstage (gasps) tour of Haunted Mansion that was pretty cool that's really high up on my list of things I've gotten to do at Disney but I remember I saw Toy Story 4 with the company and another one of the activations they did was they had the characters from Toy Story 4 and I don't mean just like the characters from the parks I mean like the actual Keanu Reeves and Tim Allen surprise people at Disney Springs at the theater and so that was a really cool activation again just one year later um that was really cool. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people do. People are obsessed with Keanu Reeves, so I'm sure that <laughs> I'm sure there were a lot of really that's, happy people. That's awesome. Well, you know, I think back to like even my first time going to MGM Studios and the one of my main memories was meeting Buzz and Woody just like in some random area. Yes. Yes. And then I remember after Toy Story 2 came out, they had a big facade that looked like Al's Toy Barn where you would meet um, Mm. Buzz and Woody. I love Toy Story 2. And then now, you know, we worked into like having Toy Story Mania and then now they have their own land. So it's kind of funny how ever since it existed, it's it's really made its way into the movies park more and more and more. Um, Yeah, I love what meeting so I only went to Disney once as a kid when I was four and Mm -hmm. meeting Buzz and Woody was something I remembered and like I have a picture like there are very very few things that I remember but I do remember that yeah that's how it was for me that's probably my first memory of going to Disney was meeting Mm -hmm. them because I remember again at the time like that was huge to me yeah yeah like being able to meet them was huge my grandma has the photo framed and everything but I remember wanting to pull Woody's string to see if it would make him talk but that's where my mind was at four or five years old um but yeah no I I just think it's interesting how it's just gotten a deeper and deeper um I guess impact and presence in this park mm-hmm. since in the movie the launched. Parks, yeah, honestly. in all the and parks. I remember yeah. I've been to Toy Story Land in Paris. Oh. I remember doing that before the one here opened, and they have a really cool RC roller coaster. You know, like the little car at the yeah. end of um, Toy Story One, and it's one of those roller coasters where it kind of just goes like backwards and forwards yeah. on like a U-shaped track. Um, and I remember thinking it was really cool and and really really cute. Their Toy Story Land when I was in Paris, but yeah, I think it's crazy how it's been. I think especially now, like this week, we heard new Toy Story updates on yes. what they're building in Tokyo. It's called, you know, the hotel is called Impermanent Inc. No, I haven't read yeah. the article on it. I just saw that is the, the nomenclature for the hotel is <gasps> I think it's either Impermanent, Impermanent Inc. Inc. 2 or yeah. Impermanent Inc. 2. I was going to say, I don't remember if the two is on there or not, but that is the name of the hotel. But I did see a meme on I Twitter that. that made me laugh of the Jesse on slinky dog dash uh-huh. how exactly how she's standing with like one leg out one knee bent holding on slinky dog dash she's holding like string lights yes but she is like that in every toy story resort ride <laughs> around the around the world and for this new concept art they have her the same exact way she's holding a rope and she's outside of the hotel and somebody was like man they really got their money's worth on that mold yeah <laughs> because it, they really exactly did the same that's a good um, point that's a good point my I think my question ooh. is when are they gonna open are they gonna open that barbecue table service restaurant I, our brains our minds I was just gonna say 
I'm so I thought that decision that is the one thing that I will say and of course what I learned from working at Disney is as a fan from the outside you think you know everything but then on the inside there are so many things that you would never think of there's always a method to the madness but for me that restaurant's supposed to be at the contemporary question mark what I don't think it's supposed to be at the park no it was supposed to I thought it was supposed to be in Toy Story Land yeah, it was supposed so. to be right by the entrance. Um, like I, from what I understood, it was supposed to be right by the entrance. Like you take a right, right past Woody, and that was where they were going to do it. But I, maybe because that would make a lot more sense because I've seen nothing construction-wise for it. But they made it I'm sound like it was going to be in Toy right Story Land. I swore it was supposed to be at. You're talking the about a Pixar event that was taking place at contemporary in the um ballrooms the the toy story land rodeo roundup rodeo barbecue restaurant it's supposed to be in toy story land okay you're right i don't know why i thought it was supposed to be i can tell you why because i was convinced because i know for new year's um and maybe another uh, holiday out of the year, mm-hmm. they were hosting a Pixar event that you'd pay money to go to in the ballrooms at the Contemporary. And it had barbecue food. It was a catered event. Yes. It had the That's army men. It had music. You met, met the characters. Yes. But it was probably hundreds of dollars a person. But it was giving mm-hmm. families something to do on New Year's Eve besides going to the parks because obviously the parks were going to be busy. Yeah, That's crazy. why you're thinking that. Um yes i want to know i mean that might be something that's not going to open or is going to be I don't like think so taken no. off the shelf for a long time mm-hmm. however i will never not be salty that it's not pizza planet because that is one more <sighs> right. thing that i remember from when i was right. four was that i wanted to go to pizza planet and my family said no and then all oh. those years later when i went to toy story land in paris i was like this is my day i can do whatever i want and i'm going to pizza planet and the pizza planet was closed that day because <gasps> it was only open certain days of the week oh, in paris and God. then when i finally went to Walt Disney World again Pizza Planet was gone and so I've never been to a Pizza Planet I've always wanted to go to a Pizza Planet and I don't understand why they wouldn't open Pizza Planet I just feel like that's oh yeah like obvious why not I mean I the only reason I can think why they won't is because you're supposed to be a toy so that would not Look at you with the story yeah, time. I was going to say it would not add up because I thought the same thing. Whenever they first announced Toy Story Land, I said, if they don't have a pizza planet, missed opportunity. But the more I think about it, the fact that Alien Swirling Saucers is supposed to be a toy set that he won in, with the tickets he got from Pizza Planet, it wouldn't make sense that our we would be normal size in a restaurant there, but toy size everywhere else. true. Yeah. And I think it'd also be hard because it's one of those things that like we saw Pizza Planet in the movie. Yeah. Not just we heard about it but we saw it yeah so people would be really sticklers about like well this looks nothing like this. yeah it's true i would be i know myself i would be but yeah i i loved going to pizza planet um that's now pizza rizzo as a kid and i went even up until i think 2014 it was still it was still open then i think for another year after that but i yeah. loved it i hate that you didn't get to experience it I know. I wish I did. I really, really wish I did. That's probably one of the only things that I like. Not the only things. There are tons of things oh, that yeah. I haven't gotten <laughs> to experience that I wish I could have. But yeah, I, I would have loved to have done Pizza Planet. That was definitely something as a kid that I, I don't know why I just built it up so much. I wanted to go to Pizza Planet so bad. 
Well, and you know, it wasn't exactly like Pizza Planet, but I think the idea of having the characters on top of the building outside and then you go in and there was an arcade in there and you could get pizza. It was like, this is close enough. I still feel mm-hmm. like I'm experiencing it. Yeah. 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 I think I think that's mostly it. I mean, they that's did, really of course, it. lots of other things, but it was really such a fun time to be a Walt Disney World cast member and to be here. And it was just such a fun opening, which fit that play big really was just was really so much fun. And I think they've, they've done a great job with the land to continue to make it something oh. that people, you know, want to be there for. Oh, did you remember something? Else? I just thought of something that Play Disney Parks app. I want to say that that launched <gasps> yes. the same time because I remember being in line at Toy Story Land and we were looking up the soundtrack that they had on the app and they were talking about, um, I think there was a game within... There was a game within that area, too, and it was all... They were trying to kind of tie it all together. They were trying to get people to use this new Play Disney Parks app and the new land and kind of getting people to interact more in the park on their phone. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's all I was going to say on that, I guess. I know that now they have that aspect inside of the Toy Story Mania ride queue. And in so many places in the parks. Honestly, I don't think I use that enough. Oh, well, they have one that they set up You're right. where you it see Stinky Pete. It launched on June 29th, 2018. Yeah, I kind of remember that now because I remember listening to the soundtrack while waiting in line mm-hmm. for the rides. But yeah. I know a few months later was when they added the Stinky Pete pop-up in Toy Story Mania if you hit some sort of thing when you were in that area. So I want to go watch Toy Story now. I watched Toy Story 2 yesterday, so I'll probably wait. But, um, <laughs> it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited about this this episode and the idea behind this episode. But, yeah, it was a little tougher for me because there isn't as much research slash history to look through because yeah. it's three years ago, less than three exactly. years ago That's that the this hard happened. thing about new things is, mm-hmm. like, there will be the basic information, like, of yeah. what happened on the day of on, like, the big Disney blogs yeah but that's not enough. you don't really get into the nitty-gritty of the history of things until much later Decades, because when it's happening yeah. it doesn't seem not that it's not that special but it's just it takes know, time it's not exactly it takes time to to think like oh wow this really is something you know special that's happening right now but yeah it was wonderful it was such a wonderful time to be here and they did such a great job fitting the nostalgia in and and I still love Toy Story Land I love going to Woody's Lunchbox and I I can't wait till I get to go to go back again and I, I think they've kept it as a really really fun space yeah no I love it I I and I love the idea of being a toy um I think that that was a really smart move moving forward like I said I wasn't there mentally in 2017 but now I'm all for it and um yeah I think it's a really exciting direction of what's to come for the parks yeah I agree and so with that that is the end of this episode on Toy Story Land Um, we want to let us to let we want to let us know we want to let you know that you can follow us we are now live on Instagram so you can follow us there Um, we are on Instagram at the um, just carousel project podcast is mm-hmm. is our handle there and you can see some some updates we we you know jump on the stories there every once in a while um and it's a really great place to make sure that you're staying up to date with our our episodes as they come out um and of course on instagram i am at josie Maida, and kate is 
at Kate Killebrew. She got so excited to tell and me that. Wow. I, and I will just say, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, we love the feedback. If you guys wouldn't mind leaving us a review, that would be amazing. Um, yes, and can't let, believe we have listeners. Yes, and let other friends who love Disney and marketing and Disney history know about our podcast, too. We would so appreciate it. Yes, we love you all so much for listening. It means the world to us that there are people out there listening to this tiny little passion project of ours. um, And we just so appreciate you. Next week's episode, we are going way back in history to an attraction and moment that I almost guarantee you do not remember. So remember to subscribe um, so, so you can listen to that episode as well. But that's it for this week. Bye. (laughs) 